When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came the sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speak in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not these all are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of them in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phyria and Pamphylia, Egypt and Asia. And Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Crete, Cyrene, and, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed to one another. What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be made known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the world.
anyone ever asks, that's my very favorite poem. <laughs> I wanted to read it today. The Holy Spirit is all around, amen? amen. I can see tongues of fire on each one of your heads. Some in your beards. I love it. But sometimes, isn't it true, we are challenged to see the Spirit. So I wanted to speak today when I thought of everything. At Baylor, they have something called the Last Lecture Series. And it's, what would you say if it was your very last lecture? <coughs> and, of course, this is my last sermon. And can y'all hear me in the back? Okay, because we're having sound difficulty, uh, battery problems, so. So this is what I want to say. It's three words. God is everywhere. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. 
experiencing loss, uncertainty, what happens next? But my favorite line of the scripture, <coughs> they were all together in one place. Everybody loves that other part. This is the most dramatic part was that they were all together in one place. How hard is it to get all together in one place? Sometimes we experience it at a family reunion. No, but that's what makes it special because we're all there. And then you have heaven breaking open and tongues of fire and wind. And these are all not just new things in the New Testament, but these are vestiges from the old story in the Jewish tradition. That when God came, God came in fire and smoke, in majesty and in power. And that is why red represents Pentecost, because God comes in power. Can I get an amen? amen. Red is a power color. When I was doing my student teaching, I had a red poster and I got a B on it because she said, you can't use a red poster. <laughs> <laughs> Red says something. It's powerful. Apparently too powerful for that moment in her opinion. <laughs> but we got to remember when we wear our red, when we see visions of red, that we are seeing power. In nature, we see it in the sunrise and sunset. My favorite experience is the deep, deep red. If you've ever flown 30,000 feet and watched the sunset, and the red is red. Holy Spirit reigns in the heavens above, not just the earth below. In the crimson leaps of fall, when it turns red, in the very blood and body of our Lord. Power, Holy Spirit power, which is what the whole Sunday, what the whole presence of Pentecost is about. That old men and women, but you know, we couldn't say that then, but old men and women are going to do what? Yes, they're going to dream dreams and prophesy. And the women get a shout out there. And the young men and women do what? See visions. Man, y'all, you're there. Isn't that exciting? It's not going to be the same. The world in which we know is fragmented. You heard the, I'm tired of these pastoral prayers that are depressing. Because, but they're real. And there's fragmentation and brokenness. And we want the beauty and shalom that we all long for. Which happens in the power of visions and dreams when God's people come together all around. So let me say where I have seen the power. There's only 25 colors. No, there's four. I'm going to tell you four. <laughs> but let me show you where I've seen Holy Spirit red power. I have seen it most evidently in preaching. Thank you 
Thank you for giving me the gift to preach. I find it incredibly humbling that people in 2016 would listen without technology for a 15 to 20 minute sermon. It's bordering on a miracle. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Really? Can you, I mean, y'all still do. You come and you, and you do this. I still can't believe it. You've given me that gift to listen. Uninterrupted most of the time. It's amazing. And the way that you listen, Michelle and I have talked about this. You can tell because I've preached in many different congregations. You can tell the way people listen in a sermon. And you're there. And you're tracking and you're listening and you're present. And that is a gift. And I have seen the Holy Spirit most prominently in those moments. Why? Because God takes a broken mess that I bring and makes it something. Something filled with wind and fire. And I don't do that. Thank you for letting me try things in sermons like this time we talked about the blind man and I passed out blindfolds. That was like year one or two and y'all probably thought it was nuts. And then I passed out the uh, balms and the and the smelling, different smells that we've used over the time. We tried conversational sermons. You just, you've let me lean in and try new things and find my pastoral voice coming from a pastoral residency. I have given you my 30s. <laughs> I have to say one more thing about red. Red is also the color used for All Saints Sunday. And today, we remember Lori Whaley, Mary Singleton, Frank Gear, Carolyn Wilkie, Shirley Alexander, Mercer Blankenship, Arnold Skelton, and Joanne Sutton. Hmm? Yeah, that was before me, but yeah, there was, when I got here, <laughs> when I got here, it was so evident that there was so much loss in our community, and this is probably pre-most of your time, and the first thing I said is we need to have a grief group, and let me tell you, that grief group was one of the most powerful things I've experienced with four people. We have to, as a community of faith, grieve together and do it well. Because the world doesn't know how to do that. The world does not know how to do that. God has named each one of you a saint. 
And so today we celebrate not just Pentecost, but all saints. So let's, let's roll on to purple. You know, I always sing America the Beautiful, and I, ne- I think that's the name of it, and I never understood what Purple Mountain Majesty was. Huh? It's Rocky Mountains. <laughs> I, don't, I never knew what Purple Mountain, I said, why do you, I grew up in Texas, so we didn't have mountains, but I certainly didn't think they were purple. <laughs> and then we bought this house here that has a view of Mount Pisgah and Cold Mountain, and in the sunset, I go, oh my God. <laughs> Purple Mountain Majesty. <laughs> you have that here. The purple. Which, by the way, is my favorite color. And I, yes, I did have a purple car. That's a whole other story. But the Christian year begins with what season? Advent. Yeah, there, this is a quiz today. Yay! And so, but, you know, there's no great. So Advent begins, and it's purple, and it's beautiful, and the the sanctuary transforms. It's one of my favorite times to be church together. And the lighting of the Advent calendar, I mean the candles. Servant of the Lord. I got no credentials. 
These are the power of purple. Majesty. Royalty. And I want to share my two favorite experiences of purple loss, lint. The first is allowing me at your bedside in your hospital room. In those moments when you're really vulnerable and don't want to be seen in a hospital gown and you've let me in, that has been sacred ground. And those are purple moments. You're not feeling good. And I've probably stayed too long sometimes. Sorry about that. <laughs> but those are Holy Spirit moments. I don't know any other way to describe it. And secondly, my favorite day of the Christian year is Ash Wednesday. The greatest gift I can ever have is to, for you to trust me to impose ashes. That's what we call imposition of ashes. You have allow me, you allow me to speak your death on you Remind you of your fragility, your mortality, and the promise to come. There is no greater privilege. Please remember who you are and whose. Green. Green. Ordinary time. God love it. In the summer, people used to say, oh yeah, in the summer, church attendance goes down. It's kind of a lull. It's kind of a break. Yeah, unless you live in Hendersonville. <laughs> what? People are buzzing here. Apple Festival. Like every festival imaginable every week. And so we call this ordinary time. And I joke, of course, my lame joke about it's ordinary because all the good TV shows are not on. <laughs> but you know why it's called ordinary time? Well, yeah, there's the whole ordinal means numbering, and we count 24 weeks of ordinary time. And you remember, I'd, I would nerd out and say, hey, it's 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. <laughs> it's the time, okay, so a little lesson. There's two halves of the church year. There's the Jesus cycle that begins in Advent. He's born, and we celebrate Advent, Epiphany, and Lent. And Easter, and it culminates in Pentecost. This is Jesus' time. He's, he's born and living, baptized, ascending. No, he dies first. He dies! <laughs> and he resurrects, ascends, and we celebrate Pentecost 
green time because it focuses on the church. Now we got to grow. Now we got to do what Jesus told us to do and be disciples. We got to grow. We got to get deeper. We got to move on. And it's not hard to love green around here. I'm just saying. I first, when we moved here and I was lying in my hammock, the trees were so tall, they were beyond my view. And the grass so green. And today I want to give you a gift. It's very expensive. Just take one. Don't be greedy. There's more people here. But um, just take one. There's Ziploc bags in the back if you actually want to keep it. Maybe take one per family. Three years ago, on Easter Sunday, who remembers my illustration? That's a joke. I passed out seeds, the helicopters. Do you remember me doing this? And we threw them. And I told you to open up the husk of these because it has the cheeriest green that you can ever imagine. So you may wish to do that, but I want to tell you why these seeds and why this color. And if you need more, I can get you more. <laughs> now don't be, don't be saying this isn't a precious gift. Because God is everywhere. And so I thought, what kind of gift? God is in the ordinary. God is in the ordinary. And I was sitting, remember when I was blubbering on about leaving a couple weeks ago and I was at Carl Sandberg's and I didn't know what I was going to say? Remember that? And I'm sitting on the bridge looking like a fool. And I'm literally standing with my posture like this. And what falls into my hand? It is red. And there's green inside. And seeds, many of you who did email me about resurrection, you talked about seeds. Because they look like nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yet the miracle is that it holds the DNA for what? Life. Life. The life that is really life. The abundant life. In this green seed. I hope that if I can pass on anything, it's that God is everywhere and that God is in the ordinary. You thought this was just trash on your driveway. <laughs> it's an incredible encoded instrument that will create something beautiful. These are actually called samsara, or how do you say that? Samara. Samara. Exactly. Samara seeds from the red maple. So here's how we've grown. Here's how we have grown. You know when I put silence in the bulletin the first time? We were all like, 
Sunday. He is risen. He is risen <laughs> We have celebrated some amazing Easter's. Amen? Yeah. With gorgeous flowers, the flower cross. What an imprint, imprint on my mind and heart. We have worshipped. And I want to tell you, I want you to look at your worship guide. And I want you to, this is a quiz. What do you think the, the most important words are on that worship guide? Thanks be to God. That's a good one. It's there every week, and we probably never see it. Imagination of the Holy Spirit. Worship. No, that's good. Worship. The very top. The worship of God. Do you know that's there every week? Yeah. And when we have a, a funeral, it doesn't just say celebrating the life of. The top or bottom, it says the worship of God. That is so, that's integral to who we are as a people. A resurrecting people. People that practice resurrection worship together. And the world doesn't know how to do that. They worship at a baseball game, at a football game, and I love that like the next person. But it's not the same, is it? Because what happens after that team wins? <laughs> they lose eventually. But we're on the winning team. We're on a team. <coughs> so I want to tell you that you are practicing resurrection. And if you look around these walls, these are the ways you have practiced resurrection. And I put them like stations of the cross. And so at moments, either today or after service, passing the peace, or in the days to come, I'd love for you to take time with each one. And I left them anonymous. Some of them you can kind of figure out. but Y'all are practicing resurrection. That's what it's about. That's what it means to grow and to deepen, to move into this place of purity, which is why it is white. So I'm going to read a few. I'm not, I can't read them all, because guess what? Y'all sent me four pages. <laughs> Can I read them all? <laughs> ah, I love it. You're so honest. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read a few, but will you promise me to read the signs? Okay. Okay. I asked simply, how do you practice resurrection? If you recall on Easter Sunday, I said, some of the ways to do it are rolling around in the grass, seeing that God is alive and well, saying each day when you wake up that today is a gift. Here's what you wrote. Visiting an agnostic 86-year-old lady. <coughs> Sitting on the porch and praying the songs. Mission field work. I recall my first trip to the Dominican Republic, arriving at a village behind the sugarcane fields. The smells accosted my senses, and I wanted to go home. 
Then I walked the village and came upon the Haitian section and their ten-roofed home. They invited me in their home, smiling and happy to have me there. One, maybe two rooms with dirt floors with babies on them. They offered me what little they had and were so joyed to do it. I have never experienced such joy or love, and that's where I truly feel resurrection in my heart and soul. Worship. Some Sundays it's especially the sermon, sometimes the music, sometimes the feeling of connection I get to a particular person. Sometimes it's the taking of the body and blood. I practice resurrection by listening to Latin music, which connects me to people in Mexico, Peru, and Cuba in whom I have seen the power of resurrection. I walk in the deep, cool woods. I stop talking and listen. I revisit special memories, resting with a child in each arm, frolicking in the summer rain, digging in the dirt. I breathe deeply of the mountain voices, birds in morning, insects and frogs at night. Every day, I want to say thank you for the gift of being alive. As I gaze at the splendor of God's creation and the beauty of these mountains, 
I see that every sunset and every sunrise is new and different. I am reminded that every day of my life can be new and different as well. And with my faith and trust in God, every day can be new. A resurrection from mistakes and worries of yesterday. A few more. Although each day begins unspoiled, but as the familiar joke goes on, and then I get up. <laughs> I continue to work on dying to self. It's truly a work in process. With intentionality, I know that some transformation has occurred within the essence of who I am, but there's still plenty of ugliness. So, I guess the best I can offer is to live each moment of each day trusting in my risen Savior to lead me step by step. It's hard to relinquish control, but with intentional living, I move closer. I practice resurrection by laughing at myself and with others, by forgiving, by looking for the spark of the Spirit in every person, and by seeing and seeking the beauty in our shared brokenness. The Japanese art of Kintsusi. I practice resurrection by welcoming new immigrants. Just this past week, I shook hands with a Sikh person and his wife and discussed where they could attend the temple. When I think about resurrection, which I seldom do, I think about each new day. Every morning when I wake up and go out to my porch, I thank God for the new day. I'm happy to be alive and I welcome the sun. If there's no sun, I give it credit for taking the day off. <laughs> Even in the winter, I go outside to greet the day. I am happy to be here, to enjoy whatever the day is to bring. Music. Music has been resurrecting. It truly is a gift from God. Music has always been so important to my whole family, so it's nothing new to experience joy in music. It was always so important to David and me. It was a part of our daily lives and a huge part of our free time. But I had to find new ways to continue that joy. I played piano as a young person and came up through graded choir programs at church, was in a vocal trio, as well as being in our church hand bell choir in about 1965. But I had to be more intentional with music after he passed away. I re-experienced the joy in music and found new joy in friendships making music. Being involved in the local old-time music community has done that for me. Those friendships gave me new life at a very low point in my life. It was sink or swim, and I was sinking 
fast. So for me, music was recreating my life in a positive way and also getting me outside of my usual comfort zone. It continues to be my personal resurrection. Going outside, getting a shovel, and getting in the dirt. And finally, seeing my dogs bring people back to life, literally. I want to end this time by my final way of practicing resurrection <coughs> and how the Holy Spirit and all the Holy Spirit's white, red, purple, and green. But I can't do that without finally saying the white squirrel story one more time. I'm going to abridge it. You don't have to. <laughs> well, let me just say, I, I, the first week I was here, see, in Texas, not so much a white squirrel. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the hammock, lying in the hammock. And I look up, and this white creature is coming down the tree. At which point, I was a little astonished. And I was at a place, a thin place. It was a threshold much like this of exit and entrance, as Michelle said Tuesday. And I knew that white creature, unknown to me, was the Holy Spirit. I mean, I knew it like I knew my own name. It was God in form. God took on the form of the white squirrel, at which point you think I'm nuts, right? <laughs> but it's true. And the white squirrel nested. I can't make this up. The white, what the white squirrel was doing was making a nest, pulling leaves together. And it kept doing it over and it was the most beautiful. I just watched it unfold or enfold and form this nest. And y'all, I was nesting here. It was a Holy Spirit encounter. You have been the embodied white squirrel. <laughs> I have no idea what was just said back there, but I think it needs to be shared. <laughs> they, said, they said we are kind of squirrely. <laughs> Indeed. 
that you remember three words. Ha, ha, ha. 